This is Life Authentic with Christy and Beth. I'm Christy. I'm Beth. And And we're we're sisters. sisters. We're also mothers, writers, entrepreneurs, and purpose-driven inspiration junkies. You know what we're not? Perfect. If you're okay with that, this podcast is for you. We share real-life experiences and the lessons we continue to learn with the hope that it will encourage you to live your most authentic life of purpose. Let's do this, Christy. Self-awareness, Chris, that is what we're talking about today. Yes, this is one of our favorite subjects. It is. It's such an interesting subject. It is. I really like it. It is. I think a lot of people don't truly understand what being self-aware is. I agree. There was a time in my life when I didn't truly understand it. Self-awareness is not, this is me, this is who I am, this is how I am. Mm-hmm. That's not being self-aware. That's kind of the opposite of being self-aware, actually. It is. <laughs> Good <laughs> you know? point. Yeah. You know, because self-awareness is so much about reflection and looking inward and really understanding who you are as a person. And when you're just kind of shoving that out there to everybody, this is just how I am, this is what I do, that's definitely not self-awareness. No, you have to get really introspective and you have to learn to turn back to that introspective to remain self-aware because you can become self-aware and then lose that somewhere along your path of life. Very true. A good point to make is you can do your reflection. You can actually become self-aware. You can get a couple years down the road, situations, influences, different things change And you need to revisit that. Self-awareness isn't something that you do one time and then you're like, oh, I'm self-aware. It's something that's like a regular practice that you do all the time. Yes. And it's a constant evaluation of who you are as a person. Yeah, your values, what is actually true to you, Mm -hmm. how you're made up as a person. And it goes a lot deeper than, hey, this is me. It does. And I think that it's good to, because at one point, like you said, we didn't really understand what true self-awareness was. And we still have to practice that. I have to do it all the time. I have to realize certain things about myself that I don't like. I have to try to play on my strengths and improve my weaknesses. And I have to do that very regularly. Oh, yeah. Basically on a daily basis for me. I have to reconnect with that to to make it stronger and to be more aware. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even things like emotions and different things like that can cause you to slip with your self-awareness and you have to do it constantly so you can kind of pull yourself back on track. Yeah, the good thing is, is even if you do get off track and you and you mess up, you can always start over again. <laughs> right, and a huge part, which we're going to talk about, a huge part of self-awareness is taking responsibility, so that's what you do. You just take responsibility that, hey, maybe I got a little off track or a lot off track, and like you said, you start over. Yes, and it is a practice that continues throughout your life. Like you said, it's not something that you just do and it's done. It's a constant practice that you have to You have to keep practicing it throughout your whole life. But I can say, just like most things, the more you practice it, the easier it becomes and the more natural it becomes. Mm -hmm. And the more you kind of sort out your inner self so that that you don't slip up as often and so that, that, that you are just more aware 
all of the time instead of just some of the time. Yeah, and it's really about just being very conscious of who you are on the inside. Like, what are your triggers? Mm. What What's going on with your emotions? Are you stuck in the past? Are you obsessing over the future? Mm-hmm. It all starts really with being mindful about your current self, like as in this minute, this day, this hour. Yes, it's it's constant self-reflection. And I don't mean self-reflection as in like obsess over everything and get all worked up. It's very much about finding that alone time and really thinking about in a calm and collected way who you are, what you're about, how you're reacting to people, what kind of emotions you're putting out into the world, what kind of emotions you're keeping in. And you're right. It starts with that mindfulness and that self-reflection of getting in that place where you really just look at yourself and everything you're doing, everything you're saying, everything you're feeling, and evaluating that. Yeah, I read a book recently and I really liked what the the girl said. Tracy Litt was the author of the book, and it's called Worthy Human. And she said in there that to pretend like you're walking with yourself, and this is not verbatim, obviously, but pretend like you are walking with yourself. Like when you start to do something, like you start to lose control of your emotions, or you start to get angry, or you start to do something that doesn't feel peaceful to pretend like you're with yourself, and you look at yourself and say, why are you reacting like this? What's going on inside of you? Mm-hmm. And it kind of helps you pinpoint what it is that's going on with you that's making you be a certain way. Yeah, I like that. I like that kind of like putting yourself in somebody else's shoes if if they were with yeah. you. I, I like that little metaphor, though, of like, imagine you're walking with yourself. Yeah. That's, that's pretty and, cool. And you imagine that you're walking with your highest, best version mm-hmm. of yourself what you ultimately want to be as a person. And then you, you know, in in other words, talk to yourself, which I do all the time anyway. (laughs) Same. And I mean, I think we all do, whether we actually vocalize that or not, we're constantly talking to ourselves inside our heads and thinking about things and analyzing things. And I think how self-reflection is different from that, just that mind running, analyzation, talking to yourself, having things fed into your brain. The difference about trying to become, (coughs) excuse me, trying to become really self-aware and taking that self-reflection time is it's very intentional. Yes. You know, you're not just evaluating whatever pops into your head and everything. You're very intentional about, you know, like with us, a lot of times that starts with meditation, prayer, calming our hearts and our minds, because I personally can't even really be introspective until I get to that place. So I think if somebody's just trying to become more self-aware, starting with some meditation, some prayer, simply some quiet time, whatever kind of soothes you and calms you to get in that place to self-reflect, I think that that's a good place to to start to just calm everything, take some breaths, and then really look at things so that you make sure your emotions and the happenings of the day aren't all kind of sitting on top of you while you're trying to do this very important processing of your inner being. 
Yeah, because we don't realize sometimes that our brains and our minds are so loud and noisy. There's so many things going on around us, so many people in our lives, social media, TV, so many things that make it really noisy in our head. Like, you know, if you're in a, in a room with a ton of people and it's so noisy, mm-hmm. you can't hear what somebody's saying to you. Our, our minds are the same way. Sometimes we can't even find ourselves. We can't connect with our higher selves and the person that we want to be because there's so much noise around us. So the meditation is the perfect thing to, like you said, calm that, find some peace, be still, and try to calm your mind and try to get rid of all those voices, try to quiet that down. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really hard, just like becoming self-aware is, is quite hard. I won't, I won't say that it's some easy thing where you just do a meditation and you kind of evaluate everything and then you're self-aware it's not like we said earlier it is a process but even coming to the point of self-awareness can be difficult especially depending on what level that you're already at yes you know if if you can't become self-aware if you just see yourself the way you want to be seen yeah you know, yeah, I think that it's it's you get in that quiet place, you're doing some self-reflection. And if you're not even self-aware enough to be self-aware, if that makes <laughs> sense, that sometimes that's very difficult. And if you find yourself struggling with that, having a really close or a couple of close people that are honest, that love you, mm-hmm. who you can trust just like you said about walking beside yourself, a lot of times it's good if you don't feel you can clearly see yourself, maybe the way others see you or the way you want to be seen, or maybe you do just want to see yourself the way you want to be seen. Yeah. Having that sounding board and having a very honest conversation with someone you trust to say, how am I at this? Yeah. You know, what? what is your perception? Because we like to view ourselves differently than a lot of times, unfortunately, other people view us. Well, yeah, we don't view ourselves in the reality that we're actually in. Sometimes we tend to think of ourselves a certain way Mm -hmm. and that's not really who we are and how we are. And that's why it's so important not to just say, Oh, this is me and how I am. Mm -hmm. And this is how I act. And this is what I do. No, I mean, maybe it is, but that's not true self-awareness because you're not being honest with yourself and you're not facing anything that's going on inside of you that's making you like be angry or act out or be sad or depressed or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. All of those things are rooted deep inside of you because of something. And a lot of times we live in our own heads, but it's a bunch of thoughts just all a big conglomerate of all these thoughts and we never really get to the core of who we are deep inside and figure out what are the things that are causing us to feel the way that we feel. Mm -hmm. And until you really learn to become self-aware and be very honest with yourself, it's hard to, it's hard to even know who you really are. You Mm -hmm. don't really know who you are at that point. You're just a product of the thoughts running through your mind and everything around you. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Honesty, because the times in my life where I was probably least self-aware is because I wouldn't be honest with myself. The good news is, is if you are already in a place where you're trying to meditate or pray or be quiet and calm your mind to, to do this introspective exercise to try to, you know, grasp self-awareness or understand yourself on that level. The good news is, is that if you're already trying to do that, that's the first step. That's right. It means that you have some self-awareness already if you're trying to become self-aware or more self-aware. So I think starting there and giving yourself that grace to say, okay, this is a starting point. Maybe I don't have it all figured out. Maybe it's really hard to look at myself and be really honest. That's why I think having an honest friend, an honest person in your life who you trust, if you don't find that you're able to be honest with yourself and open-minded enough to really see not only the good things, but the bad things that you can improve upon, then having that kind of sounding board is a good thing because it can kind of kind of get things rolling for you you know but in order to do that you still have to have yourself in that place of like hey everything I hear from this person may not be what I want to hear (laughs) but that's the whole point right yeah is we want to grow we want to improve so if people just say lovely things then there's nothing to work on so you do have to put yourself in that place of honesty enough and open-mindedness enough that you're willing to accept some things if they're kind of helping you through the evaluation process and the, you know, kind of digging deep. Yeah, because it's not, sometimes it can be wonderful when you're, when you're practicing self-awareness, you're practicing, practicing that mindfulness. Sometimes it can be a wonderful thing, but also sometimes it can be really, really hard because you are forced to face those things inside of you that need to be improved and that you truly want to improve. But unless you're honest with yourself or somebody else and you really want to change that and discover what it is about yourself that's making you live your life in a certain way. Yeah, I think I think it's harder in the beginning. I lost my train of thought. No, I think I think you made a good <laughs> I point be though. More self aware of my thoughts right now. <laughs> I think like what you're saying though, you 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 have to start from a place of honesty and that's hard but I think it's harder in the beginning if that makes sense like if you're just starting like where we were talking about practicing self-awareness it's that can be really freeing very positive Mm -hmm. very good because you're already in that place of kind of accepting your flaws and improving upon them in the very beginning for someone who's just now kind of trying to practice that self-awareness it can be very hard because you can find a lot of stuff out about yourself you probably don't like and that probably other people don't like and a lot of things that are maybe holding you back in life that are ruining relationships that are you know Speaking from experience here, I mean, it, it's definitely, I think, harder in the beginning of that. It, it is. But once you get to that place and you, and you realize your triggers, your anger, your resentment, because a lot of times we're holding on to things like that. It could be something from 10, 20 years in our past 
that we don't realize that we're holding on to and it's affecting our relationship with ourselves. it's affecting our relationship with other people and so you really have to dig deep and figure out what it is within yourself but the good thing is once you do that you can start working on it you can learn to let those things go and work through them and then you find a deep deep peace inside of you and you live your life in a place of of peace and when you start to get bothered by outside things you go back to that and you find that peace again and you're true to your best self a good way to know if you are in a self-aware mindful place is if you have peace Mm. if you don't Mm -hmm. have peace and you feel like things in your life are in turmoil then you're probably not being very self-aware because when you get to that place of self-awareness and you practice that on a daily basis you find that inner peace because you're constantly working on yourself and you're constantly letting go of things you're constantly learning things that make you feel better as a person that make you a better person yeah it's like an acceptance it's like an acceptance process of not that you have to settle and just accept things because of course it's all about you know that's Self-awareness is one of the greatest tools for personal growth, and it's all about growing. But accepting that and getting that peace is, there's nothing like it. And even though it's hard and it takes work, like most good things in life, when you get that peace, you're way more inspired to do it more often. You are. Yeah, it affects your whole entire life when you get to that place. And... It's just, it's just really a beautiful thing. It is. And again, it becomes easier for you to go back to that place and to remain self-aware when you make that effort on a daily basis to be self-aware. Yeah. And that's where really personal growth starts is with that self-awareness because you can't work on things that you don't recognize Mm -hmm. are there and you can't grow from things unless you take some responsibility, which is the next step is taking that responsibility, whether it's you that comes to this conclusion all on your own of things, like you said, your triggers, your emotions, things that maybe send in your life down a road that you don't want to be on, or whether you're, you've talked to that friend and they've maybe pointed out some things and given you some tips. Taking responsibility for that is probably one of the more hard parts of it all it is because our first instinct is to want to blame somebody else for something i'm mad at this person because they did this i have bitterness or resentment in my heart because they said this or did this to me but you know our life is the quality of our life is a direct reflection of all of the choices that we make every choice that we make has a consequence whether it's good or bad and or a result, I, I guess a consequence is more it of a bad thing. It has consequences and results, technically. Yeah, but, so it, but your choices, mm-hmm. you know, that's, your life is a, a direct reflection of your choices. Mm-hmm. And so being aware of your choices and knowing, like, when you start to get upset about something, wait a minute, why is this getting me upset? Mm-hmm. What is it that's making me like this? Why do I feel this? 
Yeah, that goes back to that mindfulness too, because it's one it's one thing when you're in that self reflective state and you are intentionally being very mindful, <clears throat> but if you have something that's a trigger, it's difficult to pull yourself back to a place of self awareness. And what I find is when I'm trying to improve upon something, if I breathe and really think about what's happening inside of me at that moment, mm-hmm. just taking a few moments and saying, oh, my stomach's getting tight or I'm feeling anger rise up in my throat yeah. or I'm, I'm getting anxiety. And, and Or maybe you're just hungry. You haven't eaten in a, in a yeah, long time. Being mindful of what you're feeling and when that feeling starts and why did why do I feel that tightness in my stomach when this person says this? Why do I feel anxiety when I have to do this thing? Yeah. It can be so many different things, but pulling yourself back to that mindful place where you can actually start to change your reactions and your choices to things mm-hmm. so that you get different results. You have to remember that process of just quick things to pull yourself back. Like what, you know, why am I feeling this way about this? Yeah. What, what is it my, in my stomach, in my head? Am, are my palms sweating? What's happening to me in this moment? Yeah. Then once you, once you realize that you're feeling a certain way, then you can more easily pinpoint, okay, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Where is that coming from? Maybe it is coming from another person when you get around them. Why? You have to mm-hmm. ask yourself those really hard questions. Why, why is that person affecting me that way? Mm-hmm. And then you have to make the choice to, you have to take responsibility for that and say, well, maybe this, maybe I don't want to talk to this person, or maybe I'm holding something inside against this person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they just disturb my peace in a way that maybe I'm threatened by this person. Maybe right. it's my own insecurities yeah. that are making me feel yeah. this way about this person. And it's not that person at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of that, it could be, it could be many things, but having that self-awareness is the only thing that really gives you the power to do anything about it. Because if you're not self-aware, if you don't think about these emotions, if you don't try to pinpoint some of these things, you, you lose your power. You don't have power to change it because you're not really being honest and accepting the truth of the situation. Well, you know, and when we say take responsibility, that means take responsibility for you, for your emotions, your actions, Mm -hmm. your reactions, taking full responsibility for who you are and how you live your life and realizing that you cannot control other people. You can't control what they say, what they do, how they act, how they live their life. All you can control is what you do and your life and how you feel and how you react. And when you take that responsibility and take yourself out of the victim role, then you do have that power mm-hmm. because you realize, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in control of my own self mm-hmm. and I can be as good as I want to be or as rotten as I want to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you take back that power when you take responsibility and you're not a victim anymore. No, and also... If it is a situation where this person's making you feel this way and and it's not it's not something you can take responsibility for 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 them because it's something that they're they're doing you still are in control 
of your buttons being pushed yeah. and your triggers, it feels very out of control. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes, like you said, if we play the victim, we like to think, well, I have no, like, that's a sensitive spot for me. Well, figure out why it's a sensitive spot. And then you also have the ability to walk away from that person, to not react to that person, to respond to that person in a totally different way so that you still are in control to some degree, not in control of them, but you're in control of the situation because you're in control of yourself. And that also brings a completely different outcome than if we lose all our power by playing the victim and being like, oh, well, that's them. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, there is. There's something you can do. You can respond differently. You can walk away. You can not respond at all. You can dig deep and have a deep, meaningful conversation about what's really going on between the two of you. There are so many other choices you can make besides saying, oh, there's nothing I can do about that. Because guess what? If you tell yourself you're powerless, you're powerless. Yeah. If you tell yourself that you have the power to make your own choices and have the kind of reaction or response that you want, then you have the power. You are powerful. You know, we were talking to a friend of ours a little while back, and this is a wonderful lady. She's in her 50s, and I'm only saying that because of the story that she shared with us. And this is an extremely intelligent, motivated, amazing woman. But she shared with you and me that she had to go back and do this inner, what they call the inner child work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to go that far back to identify these things. She said she started doing that inner child work and she discovered some things that she was still doing in her life today, which she's not now because she worked through that. But she said it was so eye-opening for her because she realized things that happened as a child made her think and react a certain way to certain situations. And she was still doing that in her life. And it was so amazing because she said, oh, once I saw that and identified it, then it was like right there in front of my face, basically. And I was like, okay, well, now I can change this. So, it, it, you know, go, sometimes you have to go back to all the way back to your childhood and figure out what it is. Because a lot of times things happen to us. We're raised a certain way or we experience trauma or we experience uh, a whole array of different things. And we don't realize that as an adult, we're still doing things based on something that happened to us when we were a child, because it made something in our brains react a certain way. And that's the path that we took, whether it was to not get hurt or feel alone or feel poor or whatever the case may be. And so you have to it, it takes work and it's a constant thing and you have to, you have to go really deep sometimes. Yeah. And I think that the thing is, is when you do that work, whether it's inner child work, self-awareness, whatever it is, you a lot of times do find that a lot of that does go back to your childhood. A lot of that does go back to things from when you were a little bitty kid or a teenager or whatever's happening. And it doesn't even have to be 
trauma. Of course, there's a lot of, there's a lot of triggers and a lot of things with trauma that cause us to react a certain way, to be fearful, to avoid confrontation, to, you know, have anxiety, to, to be um, an overachiever. There are so many things that trauma-related experiences can cause us to do as adults. But even if your childhood isn't what you would say a traumatic childhood, there are still certain things in your, in a home sometimes, you know, maybe it's not deeply traumatic, but maybe, maybe your parents put pressure on you to always be the best at everything. Mm -hmm. And even though that may not be considered deeply traumatic, maybe you compensated for that by being an overachiever and trying to be perfect all the time. You know, there's so many things that do go back to when, when we're younger and that's the harder part because when you're a child, you, you don't feel like you have that much control over things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think it's so easy to, to bury that and check that off and say, I'm an adult now. I was a kid, whatever. But it's really hard to go back and think about that. And why you started using these defense mechanisms, whether it's anger, mistrust, whatever it is, to protect yourself or, you know, to be heard, whatever, it's, that's deep work, as they say, that's deep work. It is. And it's not to guilt yourself or it's not to do anything, but to discover yourself and discover why you are how you are and why you do the things you do and why you feel the way you feel about certain situations. So it, it's a really, really helpful, helpful exercise to go back and just revisit. You know, I'm not somebody that thinks you should live in the past. You most certainly shouldn't because all we have is today that we know of, you know, I say the past is gone. The future is not here. So all we have is today, but in order to make your today better so that your future is better, You have to revisit the past sometimes to figure out what happened to you. I mean, it could it could be, you know, you could have been in a really bad relationship or had a really bad divorce. And unless you work through those things, it affects you for the rest of your life. Yeah, you can't you can't live in the past, but it's necessary to revisit it sometimes. Yes, because here's the thing, even though you might say. I'm not going to live in the past. I don't want to go back there. Mm, That can be a defense mechanism too, because chances are you're being influenced by what happened in the past, which means you're still living in the past. So the best thing to do is face that revisit it. Don't stay forever. Don't waller in it. Just, just revisit it, figure out what happened that's causing you all these years later, or maybe just a couple years later, to react this way and then you genuinely won't be living in the past meaning you won't be held back by all of the things that happened to you in the past so you won't be displaying emotions and having defense mechanisms and reacting certain ways because of the past because that is still living in the past that's right and you're not responsible for what happened to you as a child and how you were brought up and how you were raised because a child doesn't have control Mm -hmm. of that their parents are somewhat in control of them until they become an adult. But once you become an adult, you are responsible for that. You are responsible for your life and how you react 
to what happens to you now and how you heal whatever happened to you then. It's your choice, but you are responsible as an adult. I agree. And that's a way to take your power back too, because if you're powerless as a child and something happened to you, if you still live in that state of there's nothing I can do about it, my parents were in control or this is what happened, then you still, you're still giving yourself permission to be completely powerless over that. But like you said, it's your choice when you're an adult, because guess what? When you're an adult, you do have the power. You do make your own choices. Your parents aren't making them. Nobody else is making them for you. And it is a way to heal your inner child to some degree, to look back at that little girl or that little boy and say, I'm sorry that happened to you, but hey, the the me now that's in the present is going to fix this and we're all yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, another good way too to keep yourself in that mode is to do regular checkups with yourself, like to check in. And this goes back to making it a daily practice and continuing this and to just check back in with yourself, just like you check in with a friend or check in on your kids, check back in with yourself and say, okay, how am I feeling today? Am I feeling peaceful? I'm feeling good. Am I holding any anxiety or anger or depression? Keep yourself, do those regular check-ins with yourself so that you remain in that awareness. And when something starts to creep in, you can, you can fix it before it takes over and before it wrecks your mind frame and your mindset. Right. Because if you if you really sharpen that skill by practicing self-awareness, you can do quick, quick self-awareness checks. Like you said, just a quick checkup. And it's way easier to process, evaluate, accept, Mm -hmm. take responsibility, all of those things, the more that you practice it. And that's why it's so important to continue to practice it, to drudge through that deep work, to do those things that are uncomfortable, talk to those people that you really don't want to have to have those conversations with or just sit with yourself and have that that talk with yourself but with your higher self like you said that higher self walking beside you and say I don't have to I don't have to stay here yeah well and and to also always keep learning and growing reading books listening to podcasts like this one there are, there are so many good podcasts out there and so many good books that can be helpful with this. Also, maybe you want to see a therapist or a counselor or somebody because those are people, if they're a good one, they're going to help you become self-aware. That's what they do. They help you and guide you in going back through your past and, and, and identifying your triggers. And a lot of times they can offer you tools to help you deal with that and heal it and fix it and but yeah I mean you you and I are both about this we're constantly sending each other books and we read so many books every year yeah I do too I enjoy it I do too I love it but always keep yourself in a place of constant growth and learning because you know you may read a book and not get anything out of it but one thing but that one thing may change your whole life and give you a tool or give you something that opens your eyes to something that you've that you've never known before or or help you look at way or give you or look at things a certain way or from a different perspective that Mm -hmm. you ever have yeah and it's a way to keep your mind in the right place just like we always say who you surround yourself with 
that's another good point because because books and learning and feeding into your brain ways to fix things, positive things, inspirational things is almost like keeping um, good friends and good people in your life. Now, here's here's a problem. If you become self-aware, but you continue to surround yourself with very unaware people, chances are it's going to be your self-awareness journey is going to be way harder. You may be able to help them become more self-aware, but keeping those positive influences and those things in your life, reading books, people, your activities, the things that help you grow and become better is only going to help you get there quicker. And if you do all this work and then put yourself right back in those situations and those atmospheres, or you're not reading, you're not learning, you're not using tools to help you get there, it's going to you're going to feel like you're drudging through it a whole lot slower and, and probably relapsing a lot more often. Yeah, it's going to make it a lot harder on you. That's why the circle that you keep around you is so important. And li- I like what you said is you may be able to help them. A lot of times we can help others. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that helps us too is being able to share these things with other people and say, hey, this is what I do. This works for me. And it's helped me so much. And if they're the right kind of person, they're going to they're gonna want that. They're going to want to be a better person, and they're not going to be want to stay stuck where they are. You know, <laughs> I think people fail to realize sometimes that your, the spiritual work, the mindfulness work that you do on yourself is really no different than eating healthy and exercising for your body. You can't eat a healthy meal. There's so many funny memes about this, but you can't eat a healthy meal and work out one time and be like, oh, I'm in great shape. I know. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) So disappointing. I I know. (laughs) But, you know, your mindfulness and your self-awareness and your personal growth journey is the same way. You have to constantly be working on that. It's a practice just like working out as a practice that you do on a daily or weekly basis, however you do it. And you fuel your body with good food. You have to fuel your mind with good things. And and it it goes hand in hand. They both go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But it's something that you have to do throughout your life. It's not a one-shot fix-all kind of thing. Yeah, that's definitely true. We're such um, instant gratification people. Yes. You know, a good way to look at that, like you said, with food, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to get in shape, if you're trying to feel better, you know, a day or a week is not going to do it because how long did it take you to get there? Chances are not a day or a week. Same thing with with being unaware and not being in a place of stunted growth instead of really growing as a person. Chances are you can't meditate once, do a little self-evaluation and then be better because how long did it take you? We just talked about sometimes it comes all the way from your childhood. So that's why it has to be a constant process because you didn't get here in a night. No, and the way to do that is to make it part of your daily routine. For me, it's first thing in the morning. That's when I do my meditation. Sometimes I get a lot, little off track depending on how I slept or what the situation is, but I try to make an effort to do that first thing in the morning before my mind is crowded with all the things. I try to take that moment to meditate, pray, connect with my higher self, connect with God, and 
set an intention for the day to be self-aware. And the only way to keep that is to make it a routine and a habit, just like you when you start working out, you have to, to be successful, you have to make that part of your life. You have to make that part of your routine. And it's not easy at first because any new habit that you want to make in your life, it takes time. I, I forget how long they say it takes for a habit to well, actually. Well, 21 days before it becomes a habit. I okay. think it used to be. I don't know. I'm probably going on some outdated information because I haven't really looked at that in a while. But I know that at one point, I think it was like, 21 days unless they changed it but like it's before something even becomes a habit because it you know habits don't happen in a day either just like progress doesn't so I think you have to do that which feels like you said it's kind of hard it's kind of forced at first it is especially (laughs) I mean if you start doing something in your daily life that that you haven't done or if it's been a hit and a miss then you have to make the effort. You have to make the effort and you have to set the time aside. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. That's the thing. Start small. You know, in my younger years, I was like, oh, got to do it all. Got to do it all. And I still struggle with this a little bit. But as I've gotten older, I realized that when you do that, you burn out really fast because you don't see instant results. Or you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. So just start small. You can start out with like five minutes five minutes of this and then again the more you do it the more it becomes natural and if you make that time you know it may be at night that works better for you or in the middle of the day whatever works for you um that's what that's what you have to do just make it part of your life Mm -hmm. and then once you practice it over and over then it just becomes part of your life and then if you miss it you're like about it yeah then if you miss it for some reason you're like oh wait I got to I got to go back and do this. Yeah, I don't feel the same. Yeah, I didn't do my self awareness <laughs> check in or I didn't. Yeah, yeah I, I think that um, that's the beauty of it, though. I mean, how long really is 21 days a month, whatever it is? How long really is that in the course of things? And when you think about the reward of being a better, more evolved version of yourself and how it can change your life, if you think about all the rewards that it can offer healing, peace, all of those things. That's a really small block of time to kind of force yourself into that. Hey, I'm going to make this a habit. Just like you were talking about eating and food. You go in the gym the first week, you feel out of shape, you feel out of breath, everything hurts. But you know what? That second, third week, and then before long, you're not even thinking about Mm-mm. it. And that's the beauty great. of it. It's a really small price to pay, a little hard work on the front end to reap a really, really great reward. It is, and 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 you do have time for it. You yeah, do have time. You do, girl. You got I mean, time. We're, we're all oh boy. Sorry. Yeah, we're all we're all busy. Like life is busy. Mm-hmm. But how much time do you spend scrolling on social media? How much time do you watch spend watching TV? How much time do you spend gossiping? How much time do you spend whatever whatever you do? We do the things we want to do. Looking for things that you don't really need that you want to shop online. for. <laughs> I mean, I'm asking for a friend. Is that is that a time trap there? No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, you, you do have time for it. Mm-hmm. And people do what they want to do. So if you really want to become self-aware and you want to have that personal growth and you want to see a change in your life and you want to have the best life that you can have and live as your most 
most bestest person. Yeah, <laughs> your bestest self. Then you you can make time for it. You can. You absolutely can. We do what we want. We make time for what we want. We're all busy, yes, and and sometimes it definitely doesn't seem like there's enough hours in the day. But think about all those little time traps. Think about looking at all those shoes that you looked at (laughs) when that really didn't benefit your life in any way. You could have been doing some mindfulness, some self-awareness, some personal growth. But that's the good thing. That's your why is because you want to be the best version of yourself. That's your why for doing all this. You know, sometimes people are like, why? What is the point of self-awareness or what? Because it changes everything in your life. It changes people around you. And if you want to say, what's the point? Well, what's the point of not growing? What's the point of not being the best version of yourself? If you know we have a limited amount of time, why not be the best that you can possibly be? Well, and and also you're never going to reach the goals. You're never going to get to the place ultimately that you want to get to until you learn to practice the self-awareness because you're going to keep running into the same roadblocks Mm -hmm. and the same things that have made you fail. And that's why we have failure. (laughs) We fail because there's still something we need to learn to get to where we need to be. It lets you know that ain't working. That's right. That's right. (laughs) It doesn't mean you stop. It means you got to try something different. That's right. So keep going. Yeah. Just keep going, practicing this. It will will change your life, and you will be amazed. If you start making this part of your daily practice, and you really dig deep and be honest with yourself and work on it, it will completely change your life. (music) 